Trucking Trends with Crete and Tim Ashoff here on the program this morning. Tim, good morning. Good morning. Uh, great to be here on, the, I guess, this Groundhog's Day, huh? Yeah, but it ain't such a great Groundhog's Day after all, is it? <laughs> no, no, but uh, I think some things, as, as we talk about today here, seems like it is Groundhog's Day because it seems like something you end up talking about every time there's a new administration. So, This is true. <laughs> that never puts the two, the two together, but uh, here we are. That's for sure. That's for sure. You know, um, my, uh, this past weekend, uh, Claire and Jim had a uh, had had someone on the on the program uh, talking about gardening, uh, because we do stuff other than trucking on the weekends here to give everybody kind of a weekend, even though they're doing the same thing on Saturday as they do on Tuesday in a lot of cases. And uh, he had a garden, and his garden was just getting eaten down to the nubs of everything he put in there, and he couldn't figure out what was eating his stuff. And he finally found the little critter, and it was a groundhog. So what the guy did, and a lot of our listeners have heard this uh, this weekend, I think it was on Sunday, the, um, the guy said, you know what I did? I just planted a garden for the groundhog. I found out what they really like, and that's what I planted. He came. Now there's a family of groundhogs in this little groundhog <laughs> garden. So, Punxsutawney Phil, eat your heart out, right? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, I kind of said it earlier. I'll say it again. We've been down this road before, but there does appear to be some early momentum behind. Ah, oh, dare you? Do I even say it? Will I jinx it, Tim? If I say infrastructure bill. You know? Well, I certainly hope I certainly hope not, but you know it is uh, as I kind of alluded to before. We heard the same thing at the beginning of the uh, Trump administration four years ago. Some big plans, and you know what what always seems to happen is you know the, the, when you start getting down to the details, things start to get stuck. And of course, for infrastructure, it's generally two things: uh, how do you fund it, and then what are the priorities. And so. Um, you know, I'm certainly hopeful that we can move some things along. We're, we're really another four years without a really a major infrastructure bill. We've done some things along the way here. But I think your listeners, as well as anybody, knows what's needed out there to help, you know, repair our bridges, repair our roadways, uh, you know, get rid of some bottlenecks and just, you know, build a more robust infrastructure as we've been lagging behind here in our country now, probably for decades. We cannot continue to go piecemeal. We can't continue to kick the can down the road. We kicked that infrastructure transportation bill can down the road so much it doesn't even resemble a can anymore. And uh, sometimes if you don't do enough, you wind up, I think, doing more harm than good, and you wind up wasting a lot, don't you? I think you do. I mean, I think there's plenty of examples of projects that are kind of stopgap measures that if you'd have just uh, been able to get a bigger proposal to actually do the whole project altogether, uh, you'd have been better off. And, and certainly, you know, there, there's inflation over time. Uh, you know, here in Lincoln, there's there's been a Beltway project being talked about for over 25 years, and you know the cost <laughs> yeah. of it has gone up and up and up. And if we'd have got it done 25 years ago, uh, we'd have had the benefit of it, but we'd also paid so much less. So, um, yeah, just just being able to get through those, uh, as I mentioned, those funding and priority steps is something that we always seem to hit the roadblock on. Indeed, and sometimes when you do a stopgap measure, you wind up uh, spending that money, and then you have to spend more money to remove or undo that and, to, and do the thing you were supposed to do in the first place, so it just keeps uh, doubling down, doubling down, doubling down. 
Uh, so, I mean, infrastructure, what do you hope will be addressed uh, as the proposals are brought forward? Is, is there a kind of a short list? Well, I hope the priorities are focused on on truly, you know, the the, the core of our country here, which is, you know, freight and people transportation. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, for freight transportation, it's going to be, you know, in, increasing our capacity and improving what we have. So, I, I mean, our, our, we've known about the bottlenecks out there for for decades. Uh, are the you know taking again big projects that can make our freight system more efficient. Um, you know, helping relieve those bottlenecks um, is kind of the core, I think, at it. But then certainly for our industry, um, you know, there are things that are even on uh, on the edges of that that the public may not understand as much. You know, parking is one of those uh, has been a real challenge for, for drivers. But I think that goes hand in hand with having an efficient uh, freight system because, as you know, often parking is impacting, you know, I'll say productivity of drivers because they're going to say, I I need to stop an hour or two hours short today because if I don't, I won't find parking. So uh, it's, it's looking at the overall, you know, efficiency and effectiveness of our freight network and how how does the infrastructure support that? Uh, obviously, that mostly means interstate highway improvement uh, and you know improvement in the congested areas of our nation. What can we do to relieve some of that congestion? Just before um, uh, Elaine Chow um, left uh, the secretaryship uh, at DOT, they uh, released uh, from DOT. The uh, National Freight Strategic Plan, the NFSP, uh, the first thing that they talk about uh, in the plan, how many, 118 pages, but the first thing up is, um, and I guess that it makes sense because you're talking to Washington and they they live in the world of regulations, Uh, so modernizing uh, regulations, eliminating unnecessary or duplicative uh, regulations, improving multi-jurisdictional and multimodal collaborations, uh, targeting federal resources and financial assistance, investing in data, analytical tools and research, in other words, data, data, data. That's all paperwork right there. Does that paperwork have to be done before you get what i'm saying in other words there there's like the paperwork portion the regulatory portion then there's the brick and mortar portion so to speak the concrete portion uh does this stuff have to be resolved before anything else can be done or can it be done all at the same time because there's always going to be an excuse Right. You would hope it could be done all at the same time, but unfortunately, I think our government has proven in the past, uh, you know, that isn't the case. I mean, I think even if you go back a, a couple of administrations be, uh, ago, we, you know, we heard about these shovel-ready projects. Well, I, I think everyone knew what projects we wanted to do, but to become shovel-ready, you had to first get through that paperwork and that permitting process, uh, and that kind of turned, uh, you know, shovel-ready more into pen-ready, I guess, uh, and it took a long time before shovels started to move. I'm afraid not much has changed on that. I think in the uh, Trump administration, some of the uh, environmental review and, and, the, and the length of time that was taking was improved, uh, and there was some some projects getting done or at least approved quicker. Um, with the Biden administration now and, and more of a focus, again, on, on environment, I'm, I'm afraid that may revert back to where we were. And, and while we, to your point, while we may get some agreement on an infrastructure, maybe a larger bill here, um, if that doesn't include streamlining some of the permit process, we could be, you know, two years away from, from things actually starting to progress. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no question about that. And then when it comes to and, and this morning and boy, a lot of mornings lately, we've been talking on, on the program and throughout the industry, too, for that matter. And I know you guys probably talk about alternative fuels and then the infrastructure that uh, basically plays into that. And you're thinking, well, wait a minute now, infrastructure, what are we talking about here? Are we talking about bridges and highways or are we talking about uh, charging stations and uh, natural gas uh, fillers? Uh, and, and, but we're talking about all of it all at the same time. And to progress one, you have to progress the other. If we're heading, and GM now has said, that they are going completely zero emissions by, I think it's 2040 now. I mean, that's a huge statement, Tim, from somebody. And that plays so critically into what we're talking about here, even though it doesn't seem like it does uh, on the surface. It does, because, you know, then this is where I, I, I kind of mentioned is where uh, I'll say somewhat environmental sustainability overlaps with infrastructure. And I guess from my perspective, uh, no matter uh, what is used to power uh, the vehicles, they still all go. They all still are going to run on roads. <laughs> so right now we we know we need roads. Uh, I don't know that we know which technology, which power source, uh, how it's going to work is the winner yet from a technology standpoint. So I, I think we should still focus on the roads themselves, on our infrastructure spending, uh, and let the technology uh, play itself out. It's it's obviously continues to advance. So we've talked about this uh, before, and and you see it probably, you know, with with as many uh, folks you have on your show and how you follow the industry, you've seen things evolve quicker probably in the last three or four years, just as others have. But it also has changed, you know, uh, you know. Five, four or five years ago, it was compressed natural gas is the is the thing, mm -hmm. and then that mm -hmm. that's had a, hasn't you know sp hasn't no pun intended it really hasn't sparked as much uh, progress as many thought. Uh, then we talk about you know hydrogen uh, uh, fuel cells, and that's going to be the winner, and then that kind of went away. Well, now it's kind of coming back. Mm -hmm. At the same time, we've always had electric uh, vehicles uh, in the background there, but. Uh, we, you know, I think the industry has found for in an application like ours, which we're still, you know, primarily a regular out over the road trucking, um, those don't work so well because there's not enough power saved there and the weight added and, and the expense. It's not quite there yet. So I don't know that we know who's going to be the winner long term. Um, I think, you know, you know, there will be different technologies. Um, so I, I would hope we would focus before we put a lot of money in a technology that may not be the winner and developing out that infrastructure, we focus on the roads and the highways because no matter the, one, the winner, they're still going to be on the roads and the highways. Let me read just to put a cap on what you just said, Tim, because this, is per, this aligns up perfectly with what you just said. Two headlines here. GM pushes ahead with hydrogen fuel cell technology for long-haul trucks, okay? Second headline, Elon Musk, batteries are better for long-haul electric vehicles. Hydrogen is, quote, just crazy, unquote. Wow. <laughs> In this corner. Yeah, there, there you go. Yep. And those are, you know, obviously uh, Elon Musk, smart, smart person, uh, has done a lot of great things in his relatively short lifetime already. GM obviously been around for centuries. They certainly have uh, been, you know, great um, technology advancers in our nations. Uh, so both, you know, companies that I think are, are, are thinking they're doing things the right thing based upon their research, based upon, you know, their vast knowledge. So, um, you know, if those two don't exactly uh, agree on what's right, I, I hope the government doesn't 
put a lot of money into one or the other, uh, and we bet on the wrong one, and we, we you know put a lot of money down a rabbit hole, so to speak, and have a lot of infrastructure that's then not going to be used in in the future. You know, um, there, there's an old saying about push coming to shove, you know, and, and uh, we've talked, we started talking in this industry, not just on this program, but uh, in this industry, we started talking about uh, alternative fuel trucks a long time ago. It started with biodiesel. Remember biodiesel? <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, boy, what a thing that was, right? Everything in the world from algae out in Arizona uh, in these algae farms to Eutropha. I was I was at a nursery the other day with my wife, and she said, oh, there's some Eutropha plants. She says, you know, they use that for biodiesel. Um, but, yeah, yeah and, 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 and then uh, they went to uh, chicken and uh, poultry and uh, uh, slaughterhouses to get, you know, uh, the 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 waste I guess from the those awful. things and yeah. the, the awful to make biofuel yeah and so all of that now that's kind of uh, but it's interesting that when we started talking about these other alternative fuels the vehicles weren't there the idea was there well for electric the idea has always been there that's how we started over a hundred years ago but but uh, the vehicles weren't there the infrastructure wasn't there but now uh, in, a, in in fact you heard me kind of wrap up a quick little report from Natso here just before the news about Natso the convenience store people the independent gasoline marketers have all got together to send a letter to the uh, Biden administration asking them you know uh, telling that we need to do this this and that to get folks incentivized to go ahead and put these systems in and market these systems. And my contention is it's not just the roads and the bridges and the fueling pod, uh, for lack of a better word, but it's the real estate that that fueling pod has to go on. And some of these things don't play well together. So there's a lot of, there, there's a lot of detail underneath of a really daunting surface, isn't there? Absolutely, and uh, I mean, just for us, for example, you know, years ago, as I mentioned, CNG before, uh, if we were to look at you know making that a major part of our fleet, um, there was things we would have needed to do to retrofit all of our shops, mm-hmm. um, just because of having you know the compressed natural gas in the shop and in that environment from a safety perspective. Um, right. So you know as you move on, I, I'm not certain what it would be for the for the hydrogen uh, fuel cell trucks. You know what would we need to do there? Um, and, and as you mentioned, uh, real estate, um, depending on you know how long it takes to charge a truck, how long does it need to sit there? You, you mean you might need uh, more parking uh, for uh, refueling or so to speak or charging uh, of trucks and, and when will that be done and how long will it take and then you know as we've looked at this um, just the infrastructure of the electrical grid uh, in many areas where we've looked hey is this a viable option where we've had some uh, I'll say some closed-loop dedicated fleets and things that may be able to be served by these trucks um, the electrical grid is not uh, up to the level to provide the power needed to provide the charge in a timely fashion, and to do so was going to cost you, you know hundreds of thousands of dollars just for a, a handful of trucks. So, yeah, there's there's uh, there's there's a lot behind the scenes here that would need to happen uh, to get up to a level where this would be sustainable. Multiple moving parts, and again, they don't always mesh together very well. That's for sure. Um, w- 
I'm going to, boy, we kind of went down the rabbit hole on that one a little bit, Tim, on, on this Groundhog Day. But thanks, thanks for, uh, for, for digging in that deep with us here. Uh, but kind of let's get, get back out to the surface, uh, as it were, because you guys uh, and your customers are all have worked on and continue to tweak uh, the plans for 2021. So, Tim, on the business side, what are you hearing from customers as you work on uh, 2021 plans? Well, we're kind of hearing a, a tale of, of two halves, potentially. Uh, first of all, the, the first half here, I think everyone's uh, very uh, optimistic as far as freight. Uh, we are still in an environment where the, there's this COVID demand out there for consumer packaged goods, food stuff from grocery stores with people staying home, and then other hard goods. Uh, as you know, with the stimulus and, and um, some additional unemployment, there's been a lot of move towards you know home improvement goods and other hard goods that people have been buying as they have some of that those funds there as well as they're not spending money on experiences you know vacations uh, services those types of things um, that's continuing uh, we're continuing to see that demand and that, that's for us but that's primarily what we haul so our, our customers remain very busy and just with the level of inventories that are there even if that demand levels off um, from all the customers we've talked to they really need about through june just to, to replenish the supply chain there so first half of the year i think everyone's looking optimistic particularly as we see some industrial production numbers come back as well uh, on top of that uh, demand for those other products i just mentioned now after that everyone's kind of saying that the crystal ball is very cloudy um, you know where are we going to be with with covid as, as we were kind of talking during the break is the vaccine going to be out and are people going to start going to uh, jazz festivals and those types of things again experiencing services versus buying products uh, what's going to happen there and then just two where's the overall economy going to be um, you, you know we've been sustained a lot by stimulus uh, a lot by um, this goods buying but at a certain point that should fade away so then what what happens? And so I think there is a lot of uh, just unknown for the second half of the year. But I would say for, with the customer base we have, we're still really optimistic that, that demand will stay there. And, and for us in this industry, um, when we talk about supply, that's all of you, your listeners out there, all the drivers out there. We, are, we have a lot less drivers out there on the road, as you know, than a year ago. And I think it's going to take a while to build that number back up. So I think we're going to be supply constrained and should have really a good year overall for trucking and for all the drivers out there. You know, uh, it may be hard to keep up, too, because, and I'm sure you know, uh, I'm sure you've seen the report yesterday, but the Congressional Budget Office, the CBO, has put out some pretty pretty good numbers for 2021. They are projecting uh, economic growth of 4.6% this year. Uh, we had a 3.5% contraction last year, but if we do the 4.6 this year, that'll be the strongest annual growth rate since 1999, which I couldn't even believe that. Uh, wow, you know, that, that, is that almost Pollyannish, do you think? You know, that's huge growth rate when you think about the size of our economy and what it'll, it'll take to do that because, yeah. uh, you know, obviously a lot of our economy is consumer spending. Um, and, you know, will, the, will that be sustainable throughout the year? And uh, I hope it is. I mean, that's great for everyone in the economy. But uh, I, I think for me personally, I, I guess it's a there, there's too many uh, clouds on the horizon for me to see that far ahead. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny you should say that one of our callers this morning uh, questions Punxsutawney Phil because it's snowing, it's 
dark, and where did he see his shadow? What sh- is it? Somebody throwing a flashlight on him, and he saw his shadow. So, <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Um, well, you, it's, it's hard to believe what you hear uh, anymore on this these days. It's, I guess some people call that fake news or whatever. I, I don't know. It's kind of the time we live in here. <laughs> uh, goodness. Um, okay. Well, um, for my part, maybe it's wishful thinking so that the winter would be over, but uh, who knows? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I know you, you're going to laugh at this, and everybody north of uh, I-20 is going to laugh at this, but down here in New Orleans, we've had the longest stretch of what we consider to be cold weather, highs in the 50s during the day, lows in the 40s, even the 30s at night, but it's lasted for a, for a couple, about three months, which is really unusual. For, we've had an extended New Orleans-style uh, winter here, which is a little strange, um, but anyway, that's way off the point. I did want to ask you one more thing, though, on topic here, if we have a couple of minutes left. How have you adjusted the way you work with customers to improve the driver experiences and, and then at the same time improve productivity? Because there's a, there's a balance there, too. There really is, and I think the good thing is coming out of, of COVID here is, you know, it made us really, really busy, and it made our customers really busy uh, to the point where um, a lot of their their supply chains, their warehouses, their teams were at capacity and in some ways uh, maybe becoming less productive. So, you know, we worked with them uh, on creating more opportunities to say, how do we how do we combat that? Um, often going to, to times and places where they weren't willing to do, you know, drop and hook setups uh, to help the productivity of drivers to do better scheduling. Uh, you know, so often, uh, you know, we have an example where, you know, we ship into a lot of um, uh, large retailers. So say Walmart, for example, and we may ship in there from five different customers and uh, the way they order and the way those loads land, those five loads may all land at about the same time. Well, then we have, you know, five Crete Schaefer drivers there uh, ready to drop and get a trailer and they're, they're not ready then because they don't have uh, enough empty trailers. But in the past, that, that never really mattered. Well, just bring them in when you want. We're, we're, doing, we're getting better with our customers on saying, when are your loads landing? Uh, where are they landing? How do we make sure that when your driver lands there, we can get them efficiently in and out? So while it's still a drop and hook situation. It's more of what days are those shipping in or when are those being picked up to kind of feather those in and, and have them spread out more throughout the day uh, and to make everyone more productive. So it's little things like that, 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 you know, maybe aren't readily apparent to a driver out there um, that, you know, we have learned uh, even in times like this where things are very busy and, and there's a COVID environment. Um, we certainly want to do that. And then, you know, other things we've said is, you know, how do we continue to take the driver out of the middle of things. Um, you know, right now, yes. lumpers are one of those out there, you know, we've, where there has to be some human interaction uh, with the driver and just, uh, you know, some unnecessary interaction and getting them pay and getting approval from the company. We have to get it from the customer, those types of things. How do we just get rid of that and, and make everything more efficient? And and so I think COVID has helped bring some of that. To, we, we've been beating that drum for a long time, uh, but customers and, and really their receivers haven't been you know hearing it. Uh, I think with what's going on with COVID, they're hearing it more. So how do mm-hmm. we take those inefficiencies out? So uh, even in a time where we may be, uh, I'll call it distracted by, by some other things, uh, we're trying to stay focused on how do we, how do we make uh, the driving job better better for everybody out there and and really just to attract and keep more drivers in this great industry. Indeed. And now we have to uh, take her in for a landing. Tim, we are out of time. Thank you so much. Looking forward to our next conversation. Great talking to you as always.